Hello everybody, my name is Keisha Richardson, and some of you might know me from the Karis Project podcast. Today I want to give you a little heads up. Our parallel economy and our pay-it-forward movement is an American mission, and you might be able to help. So if you're looking for remote work, please listen to what I have to share. The 99%ers of the world the last century have largely been trampled on. Debt ceilings, jabs, taxes, and even sending money overseas while American manufacturers are decimated. We the people have started a parallel economy right here with a consumer direct manufacturer. This is a pay it forward movement to vote with our dollars while keeping our dollars on our soil right here. And it's growing. I've decided to stop feeding the people who hate us. And I'm thinking if there's just one thing that I could adjust, one little habit, it would be to switch to a family owned made in America manufacturing company. We the people right now need help educating consumers to bring them to a point where they can meet comfortably with others to decide whether they want to switch their shopping. We're going to propose to you that you check out this alternative with us and I'm going to propose that you meet with us on Zoom later this week. You'll meet with one of our friends who's just like us of course and you'll have the opportunity to ask questions to look at what we do and how we do it. If you think that this is something that matches who you are to the core your moral and your ethic and your personality, then please click the link below, fill out your name, your number, and your email so we can send you a Zoom to meet with us later this week. And remember, friends, now is the time for good men and women to come to the aid of their country. Hello, everyone. Would you like to boost your performance, increase your focus, and restore your energy levels? Supercharge your energy and improve your cell health with the wellness company's MitoSupport formula developed by experts like Dr. Peter McCullough. MitoSupport formula contains five incredible ingredients, including D-ribose and PPQ. Best of all, it's vegan, gluten-free, and made right here in the USA, so you know you can trust it. Buying American-made naturalistic ingredients of this quality separately costs almost $110. Our formula is only $84.99. Get Mito support today by going to twc.health. Listeners, use the code CARIS at checkout for an additional discount. Go to twc.health promo code CARIS, K-A-R-I-S, and get the energy and focus you and your family deserves. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome back to the Karis Project podcast. Um, today, we are a lot earlier than normal. We're here a lot earlier than normal, um, but that's all right. You know, it's always good to start the day early. So we have some pretty cool guests with us on. We actually have six from the new prisoner six uh, podcast he's actually on rumble as well and he hosts a live uh on fridays at 10 a.m to 1 p.m eastern um so go check that out we'll definitely have that information in the description a few guys below um i've been on uh six podcast a couple times he's actually one of the first people um one of the first handful of people to uh bring us on his show um, and give us an opportunity to share our story and what was going on. So he's a pretty great guy, and 
introduced us to his team and things like that and a few others have of them have a, a podcast as well um that's actually pretty cool uh we also have today uh lauren of course that we've been working with who's also fighting the human trafficking and her children have been stolen as well and so she's in this fight with us and then of course, of course we my dad uh dale the og engineer as always and uh myself the host and if i seem a little dead it's just give me a second I'm still waking up it's uh it's bright and early so <laughs> all good all good though all good in the hood um but anyways uh six how's it going my friend thanks for joining us oh it's great to be here keisha and actually i am not much of a morning person so it figures that i would get stuck doing a morning show on my own network um <laughs> it's just those crazy things that happen right no but uh it, it's been it's been great uh doing tmp live every friday for the past several months um we were fortunate enough to have you on um as a guest uh for your birthday show and uh we we're also fortunate enough to be able to speak to you and and your father um in an interview before that and uh it was brought to my attention by my good friend lisa blanchard who's part of the panel on tmp live and Basically, what TMP Live is, is uh, you're, it's a panel show where we have at least three or four TMP contributors plus some guests at times come on to talk about what the trending news topics are, but just in a different light. We sort of focus that on a particular theme, I guess you could say, and we can bring in stories from all different types of directions to sort of tie into a central theme. So it makes for a great conversation, at least I think, and uh We've had uh, a lot of success thus far through uh, the support of the community and everything that we have. And we're really thankful to have everyone that watches us and shares our material. So great to be here. Well, of course, it's always great to have you. Um, yeah. And yeah, that show was on my birthday. And I'm, I'm with you. I, I was like, wait, Dad, who, who picked this time? How did we all get swindled into this? Uh, but <laughs> yes. no worries. Uh, we're better for it. And um, Daddy, you look like you want to say something. I'm I'm just saying, yeah, it's it's good to <clears throat> good to have you on. While my voice is cracking like I'm 13 again, um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I it happens with us in the morning, right? <laughs> happens when you're up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm usually uh, not usually trying to face the world at this point. Still like crawling out of bed and got the cobwebs or working out to get the juices going but it's all good i think that crankiness helps uh, me so, talk about politics <laughs> i mean if we're gonna be honest uh, that that little bit of edge that little chip on my shoulder if you will uh probably helps me focus a little bit more on the anger anger issues that i have and put that into something positive <laughs> but lauren you might agree with that <laughs> yeah definitely Oh, we're getting uh, some feedback from you, Lauren. You might want to put in some headphones to prevent that, if possible. Yeah, because the speakers and everything uh, that you're listening to us on right now are feeding back into your microphone, and that's what's causing the feedback. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Six is really good at uh, all that, all this uh, technology stuff. I'm still trying to figure out some of these things. Even my dad understands more of this stuff than me sometimes. He's like, Keisha's so much better than me at technology. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> We're always Are fighting those sure? gremlins. <laughs> no right. matter what we do, no matter what we encounter, um, we're, we're always going to be 
fighting little gremlins here and there. But, uh, I mean, the real trick is to hit him with a golf club. That's one of the jokes on the show. But um, based on the movie Gremlins, of course, the, the little green guys. But, um, no, I mean. <laughs> since, I used to, since I used to be a heavy-duty mechanic, it's like get a bigger hammer. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, we'll switch it to a lower iron here. Um, but now I, I, as far as like the technical stuff goes, like with this, um, since switching to StreamYard, my life has become a lot more simpler. Um, there are other means in which people record podcasts. There's all different sorts of manners in which people approach this. But uh, StreamYard seems to have a pretty easy format, you know, to work with, although it does have its bugs. Um, and then my biggest sort of peeve with it is that um, it doesn't allow you to edit any of the audio as far as the uh, the sound, do, doing any sound editing there. Um, so I prefer to use uh, some sort of like digital audio workstation or DAW because it allows you to work with so many different programs. But since StreamYard doesn't allow plugins, um, I recommend outboard gear. So uh, if you're looking into podcasting, folks, get yourself an SM7B and a DBX286S, and you got a pretty good start to, to life right there. All you need is a little audio interface that accepts line in, and you're in it. Um, it doesn't take much to get started these days, and that's why I'm so glad that, Dale and Keisha, you chose to to do this with your time. It's, it's such a, a different thing to be able to do these days to sort of document things for history, for posterity. Um, Dale, you do an excellent job, my friend, of getting things on the record. Uh, perhaps we'll talk about that today a little bit, right? But, um, you know, for me, uh, getting into the whole technical aspect of this came from my love of music. Because uh, whenever you want to play guitar or bass or anything like that, you sort of have to figure out eventually how the stuff works. Um, so <laughs> after after doing that for many years, uh, I picked up a few little tips from uh other player friends and then even producers so i've uh, been able to get a little bit of knowledge here and there and apply that to this and it's been helpful but you know even being a lay person these days don't be afraid like if you have a story to tell or if you have questions to ask and you want a podcast and you have that that urge reach out to me i mean uh dale and Keisha reached out to me and guys you know that you can hit me up with any type of questions that you have technically about things and i'd also like to uh you know, offer you my help uh, as far as like anything else that I can do to help polish up your setup and stuff if you have any questions. But you guys are doing a good job. Been seeing your numbers, been seeing your followers. Thank you everybody for following them. Thank you everyone for sharing their their information online. Uh, what you're doing there is that you're supporting the DIY media. This is a do-it-yourself type of project. This is done out of love. So, Dale, you could probably speak to that. <laughs> No, yeah, a lot of a lot of love and uh, a lot of concern for what's going on. I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, this is uh, you know just the way to get information out because a lot of people aren't telling the truth, and uh, a lot of people are not, uh, you know, I mean, giving correct information. I guess I've got to also mention that we also sometimes do things in. I think this will go on um, with uh, uh, the grassroots network as well, because they are also a group of guys that are getting people's platform out, which actually I should get you connected with. Because I mean, they're getting Sounds a like bunch my of kind people. Of people. 
telling the truth to just kind of you know create networks and then uh we were just on with a girl named christina and power girl i'd like to connect you guys as well because i mean people that are getting their information out and uh just creating an outwork and speaking of that let's let's get a little into what got you into um you know you touched on the music that kind of got you into the doing the podcast what got you you know that burning desire to start to getting information out well the thing that really tipped the scale was when biden put in the mandate as far as like making people in america you know take the shot <laughs> so <clears throat> before that had happened though going back a ways uh my good friend john henry and i uh we've been friends since geez right after i got out of high school so we've been friends for 20 years now and uh what's really awesome about our relationship is is that john henry and i john henry's the type of person when you first meet him you might not like him well especially back then his personality's refined quite a bit i would say but uh you know it, it was the type of person where you were you'd be almost afraid to tell him something if you disagreed with him because he's six six and over 300 pounds like he's he's sasquatch proportions legitimately you can look it up um so but i just i have a mouth on me and i have an attitude it's probably why i love heavy music and extreme things um so I, I ended up being good friends with john henry because i wasn't afraid to like approach him about stuff and talk to him about things and i found out that not only is he physically intimidating he's more mentally intimidating john henry is a brilliant human being and being able to have back and forth exchanges with somebody else that's willing to ask questions because they have the cojones to ask the questions they dare to to speak up and they dare to act and they dare to do things it was really inspirational so it was no uh coincidence as i say no coincidences on the show um that we ended up being podcast hosts together when this went down eventually because we were talking the entire time during COVID. like john henry was my lifeline uh, halfway across the world by the way because i'm on the east coast folks john henry lived in hawaii at the time so six hour time difference and hawaii during COVID was a completely different world uh, you're on an isolated island during this time. So you can imagine being trapped on an island uh, with a bunch of people that were being brainwashed by their government. Not like that happens, right, Dale? Um, but then also, you know, during this time, I had a chance because I wasn't working like most people. And I got to sit and watch the entire series called The Prisoner. And it's a 19, it's a late 1960s series. Uh, starring Patrick McGowan. And Patrick McGowan was known for a, a, a series before that called Danger Man, which is kind of like a James Bondy, best way to describe it for lay people type of show, right? So, like, a, this guy's like a secret agent or whatever. Now, in The Prisoner, he plays a similar character, like a secret agent character that goes to um, resign from whatever agency or bureau or something that he belongs to. And then he's kidnapped and put on an island funny right and then he's uh trapped on this island with <clears throat> people that are brainwashed so the people are acting as normal but they're not aware that they're being controlled by this big brother type character called number two and as uh number six arrives because that's the name that he's given you never learn the name of the prisoner in the show 
And they're constantly asking him for information. And the only reason why I know of that series is because the very clip at the beginning of each show where number two asks number six for information, that clip was used in a song by a band called Iron Maiden, whom I'm a big fan of. And um, I was always a big fan of the song by Iron Maiden called The Prisoner, but I had no clue where that little clip was from. I love the song. I love the ideas of freedom that were expressed in the, in the song and not being somebody's prisoner anymore. That's that, A lot of people can relate to that, I'm sure. Well, when I finally went back and watched the series, as it goes, uh, each individual episode of that series has sort of a different philosophical point to it. Um, it could be about death. It could be about protecting other people or pop. That's a fun one. My friend Gart Goldsmith's a big fan too. But um, every episode sort of blew me away as to being a late 60s show, what it predicted and what it predicted about what I was going through at that time. Because if you were people like us during COVID, you were probably walking around and a bunch of brainwashed people that didn't know that they were being controlled by the government in various ways. Um, you were probably becoming more and more aware of the level of surveillance that was going on and censorship, especially. And then I started watching the persecution happens, you know, whenever people go after your character, whenever people go after your job, maybe your family, um, that that type of persecution really, really set me off. So I decided to start a channel where we were anti those things. So we're anti censorship, anti persecution. Um, we believe mostly, I think, in liberty, but um, that can go all over the map. But mostly, um, we are peaceful. You know, we we are nonviolent. We don't fed post, <laughs> and uh, we also don't use racial epithets because I think that people can express themselves a little bit better than that without getting sidetracked into stupid semantical arguments. But other than that, um. We look to strive to, at least every week, to talk to people that can tell their story um, in an uncensored way. And that's what was so exciting about bringing you, Dale, and Keisha on is because I can listen to you guys on different formats and everything. But to bring you onto my stage and, grab, and letting you grab my microphone, that allows you to say whatever you want, how you want. And I think that that's something format-wise as I grew up watching um, different forms of news. Um, I, my dad was definitely a news junkie, so we would always have the news on. But then uh, conservative talk radio growing up, a lot of that stuff in the morning, especially before school. I remember waking up to the sounds of like the familiar sounds of uh, people's shows growing up. But, you know, the, the problem with that is, is that it can spark people. It can get people you know, to be interested in certain things or maybe go to read certain books. But it doesn't really have time or even like the, the, the ways to get into like the meat of a subject. And I found that the older that I get, the less that I know. Because like ultimately, like when I go back and I realize that there's so much more detail to a particular topic, that it's just like where I thought I was before benchmark wise or anything that I need to go way more further. So I attempt to do little three hour shows that turn into three and a half hour ones or more. Um, I end up doing multiple shows with people sometimes to get into these things. And Dale and Keisha, I still, 
still don't think we're done with our conversation as to where this all goes. But for me, like it's it's been a journey since we started this because when we started, we didn't want it to be about us. We didn't want the show just to be like, oh, just check out these two guys that you might know from the neighborhood or whatever. You know, I just, I wanted it to be something bigger than that because the topics that we were discussing and the things that sort of go through my head on a daily basis are much larger than I am. It's a, it's definitely an extroversion uh, type of practice that I, that I, that I, that I do here. But, um, you know, by making myself something like just a number or a symbol or just like a character that you see on the screen that you don't know his name but you understand his motivations because the thing about the prisoner character in the series is that he never wavers the characters may change the bad guys change almost every episode in fact the number two character the one in charge changes mostly every episode except for a handful of them and the reason for that is this thing i believe that symbolizes that you could pretty much switch any one of us into these positions of power and it may corrupt us twist us and change us in various ways that the the real problem really isn't the the putting the right people in charge because we're all of those people every little bit of us even the darker sides so it made me really rethink like the structure of society it made me really rethink like how I feel about the hierarchies in the world. It's what helped me come up with the concept of the global corporatist oligarchy, which if you want to describe what's going on right now in the world, it's pretty easy to see that the governments and giant businesses and banks are teaming up to control our society and manipulate it in certain ways. Now, how deeply and intensely that really goes from the media that you consume to the algorithm that brought you this show even, something that you should look at but your social media your presence your personality and what's acceptable personally like in in society how i'm supposed to act outside of podcasting and in the the real world that isn't so real because there's an influence on it and most people don't know about it and it's just us prisoners walking around this island surrounded by brainwashed people Yeah, that's that's actually you know pretty good uh, concept there. Actually, reminded me of like a book, uh, propaganda by uh, Edward Bernays. Something oh, I think that everybody should check out. Um, Dale, have you ever seen Century of the case... Self? I'm sorry, you're you're clipping a little mm -hmm. bit, so maybe we're stepping on each other. But yeah, have you ever seen the the series Century of the Self by Adam Curtis? Mm -hmm. No, I no, I haven't. I haven't had it's, to got to watch yeah. TV in a very long time. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, you're pretty you're pretty busy, my friend. But yeah, if if you ever have time, or perhaps when this whole thing blows over, as they say in uh, Shaun of the Dead, um, I'll I'll provide you with that that film. Uh, here, I, I think I have a copy of it. But uh, yeah, don't don't share things that you have copies of, folks. That's naughty um but yeah I'll, I'll make sure that you see that it's 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 fantastic that's how i learned about edward bernays uh, also uh by way of glenn beck because remember the conservative radio thing i did listen to him for quite a while consistently and um 
yeah, he brought up this series by Adam Curtis that goes through all the different behavioral psychology things uh, that affected the 20th century um, from Freud uh, to Bernays, because Bernays, fun fact, is the nephew of Sigmund Freud. It also goes into the fact that people under psychological care, even in the earlier stages of psychological care, committed suicide at quite a high rate. Um, also goes in to yes. talk about modern marketing, too, which is kind of what I was getting at at the end of my little rant there about how we're being manipulated. Yes, he, he, they called him the father of public relations. He was actually a lot smarter than Freud uh, when you compare the work of the two. Um, he said that uh, in his book, Propaganda, our tastes are largely formed by a handful of men that no one knows about, right? Like any, if you look at the techniques that they're actually using today, you just like reading off the pages of his book, Propaganda, and the paper that he did, Engineering of Consent. And, uh, you know, he was the guy who got a whole generation of women smoking and changed the perception of what a woman, what was attractive from a woman um, for like all of human history. Then he switched it to this real thin, you know, woman that is pretty much unattainable by almost anybody and looks in fact more like a, a, a that like shaped like a young boy or a young child because there's no shape on their body, which I mean, when you begin to understand what's going on now, it starts to make more sense. But uh, well, I heard that's yeah. what the new Barbie movie I mean, is about should... too. <laughs> now I'm, I haven't I... seen it folks. I barely have time to watch a, a movie anymore too, Dale, but uh, I have heard things about the new Barbie movie and how that addresses like the unattainable sort of lifestyle and, and look that, that Barbie exemplified. And that's a funny thing to bring up yeah. with two strong ladies on the show, right? That you guys are constantly told that you're being held back. You're constantly told that you're, you, you know, you're the one that's uh, suffering here and, and you're suffering. You have to do something that makes you suffer. You have to do something that damages you or takes you away from your natural state or even, even murders your unborn. It liberates you, right? <laughs> like, isn't that a sick kind of pro isn't it a satanic type of proposition luciferian it's literally so that uh, you want to say something that first no go ahead go ahead oh, sorry. okay sorry um yeah it's literally sick i um was just talking to my dad about this before we came on the podcast um yesterday or this morning who knows it was a late night it's all the same at this point okay, <laughs> we're all so busy wanna, but you might want to back off your mic a little bit just like pull it oh. away from your mouth just a little bit because you're distorted is that better a little bit better yeah okay yeah um but pretty much i was saying like a similar thing where um the the way that things are done now especially like what the manosphere is like pushing um, or the red pill or whatever. And of course, there's like a lot of true things um, that come out of it. But as a Christian, I can't agree with everything. And like you said, there's a lot of things that are so unattainable. And there's a lot of men that don't um, uh, evaluate the circumstances that women are in and how they're suffering and equate it to the effort or the results that they're making. Like usually, 
um, so naturally I'm, I'm a pretty athletic uh, person and pretty athletically built. And despite the fact that, you know, I spent the last three years being a victim of trafficking and suffering in a very egregious way, um, I was able to maintain my health quite well. I'm about five, seven and 140 pounds soaking wet. However, for some odd reason in the last month or so and I, I kept eating quite well and I kept exercising and things like that so it's part of the contribution and the grace of God as well because when you're under duress it's very hard to do those things but um, for some reason in the last month or so I've gained 15 pounds out of nowhere and I'm just like well what what the actual heck is going on and you know in my mind I'm thinking to myself sometimes oh my gosh all people are going to think is she she's just she's just five pounds or something too heavy or for her height and weight they're not going to consider the circumstances this woman has been trafficked and she's managed to keep herself in good sorts she's working as hard as she can she's doing what she can with her with her situation it'll level out i'm thinking like they're not going to think that the first thing in their mind is going to be like too heavy or you know lazy or you know what i mean like the like the manosphere and the red pill just pushes that and i think that we need to consider the character of an individual um the loyalty the respect the love the contents of the heart to the best of our you know ability because obviously we don't know the heart but like you can see from people's actions and you know i i'm just shocked by how much we're going away from that and i think men changing that mentality is what's allowing women to continue down this line of abuse like for it to continue because they're like well they just start blaming them and they don't want to help at all like do you know what i mean i don't know if that makes any sense well i can only imagine how women feel but as a, as a man um the way that i've interpreted like media and all this body shaming type of stuff in the past like because i think that what what happens is is that they make it so much of a caricature so people can attach to it more easily they make it so much more two-dimensional and that's why when you tune into shows like this that people start seeing the the finer detail a lot more it's like seeing a high-res image versus a low-res image like go back 20 years and take a digital photo and look at today's digital photo folks it's going to be a completely different snapshot altogether that you're looking at so with with what i've seen though as far as like the influence on women the the most horrifying thing you know from my perspective is what it does on social media with the social bullying like sort of like the 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 uh with with chickens and it's you know it's somewhat unfortunate thing to make that they have a pecking order and what happens in hierarchies that i observe you know especially with with women is that there there tends to be a pecking order where there's someone that's that more of like the dominant personality that let that leads the others around and also gives the examples of the others of how to behave and how to dress and how to act. So when they do this through media, I mean, you, you attach to certain personalities and like these personalities, these influencers now look at, just look at that term. Okay. <laughs> I mean, entomology is a really funny thing to get into, uh, you know, the, about words, so uh, if, if you want to look up the history of words and, and things, it'll teach you a lot. And there's plenty of guys that'll teach you about that too. Chuck Ocelli, and he worked with Jordan Maxwell, who was also uh, excellent at it. But um, 
No, with uh, with just the 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 term influencer and the way that influencers influence their audience, and, and especially in the female spheres, I see it as like being polar opposites dragged to one another. Again, very two dimensional. So if you're going to be accepted into a certain circle, you have to accept all of their dogmas. So if you think that women should be able to be promiscuous, say for instance you already have to be lumped into a group that also believes that children are disposable. Just depends on, oh, my cable bill went up. We're going to have to flush Johnny, you know, and not to be, you know, not to be crude, but well, this that's is a crude really situation. it. Though. Yeah. Yeah. To look, to look at it as little as that, to look at something and, you know, that's, that's what we get to do here. Right. Is that we get to take a look at something so horrifying and put it to someone so bluntly that they go, oh, oh, maybe that is how people view it. But and does one? Yo, go ahead, Dill. Go ahead, Dill. Please. One of the things, like, kind of touching on this, and it's it's not okay. You you touch on the mastery, but there's there's something that goes on a little bit deeper than this, and it's how this was constructed in to get us to where we are because this didn't fly a long time ago but the like when you mentioned the hierarchy when you talked about the the technology and the structure that was built in there living in such a high technology um technologically driven world every time we get into a technology and add a new one we give up a measure of control and now our what we see and what we do is heavily manipulated in a digital world before I used to walk out into the town square meet with people you would see and this is how you would interact <clears throat> now your interaction is heavily controlled like you have filters on like pretty much every app that you have you can you know change how people look you and know, they have, have to be there dale to protect you that's what you'll be told yeah. every time that they apply a new strict measure, a new form of censorship, a new way to debank you, a new way to take your children. They're going to do it to tell you that they're doing it to protect you, protecting what other people say, or pop. What they're, what they're saying is they're protecting you from being able to think for yourself. Oh, and sure, yeah. if it, it like technology is fundamentally neither good nor bad because the technology of itself can't do anything. It can't think for itself. It can't act for itself. And it's, it's changed our communities. Like that's that's what oh. I feel that it's actually changed the, oh, even yes. the definition of community and identity. Like it, it's morphed because those things into something corporatist where it's more controlled and manipulated so it could be predicted so they can bet money on it and know how we're supposed yes. to act. Because of the minds of the people who are controlling it, right? This is this is what this is fundamentally where the problems become, because as you studied who was developing the technology, which I study this in the in during the course of my degree, where people are like, "Oh, this stuff about the Rockefellers is conspiracy theory." I'm like, "No, it isn't." Like I <laughs> yeah. study this is really callous. These guys are straight gangsters. And yes. how they got their money, and they tell yes. you straight out that the technology gives up—you give up control for the conveniences, and the way even the way they 
marketed, it used to be marketed that this was sensible to use. So use it because it's going to help your life. Somehow it now began to get changed to this is how you feel. And the problem is with this is really bad is that you're now getting men who were designed to deal with things more on logic and reason to do things on emotion and led by emotion. With men, men don't process emotion in the way that women do. We're fundamentally wired different for good reason. And especially when it comes to dealing with our families, you need to have the father and the mother to give a well-balanced ideal. When men are led by emotion, this is where you get the worst base criminal behavior. Because yep. the men that are supposed to be at being able to compartmentalize and in order to able to deal with these things, they can't deal with them. And when men don't do that, they start acting out and lashing out. Once oh, men there's did something that, to be read into when it comes to stoicism for men in the modern era. Like there's definitely something that needs to be looked into there because what you said, Dale, is is that, and I've noticed in relationships because again, I got a mouth on me and I have anger issues, so I get myself into trouble. Um, and when I've been in those types of arguments, I notice that if I become the emotional one, no matter what the stakes are, I lost. It just, it, it just, if I become the emotional when I lost the argument, because then, then it's just a, it's, it's more of a show for me. It's an audience of one where I'm just acting out things and parts and stuff and resentment and even reflections of my family and other things and my actions. And it just, when I look back on it later and it runs through my mind, because the, trust me, the circus is already, already and always in town. Uh, when it comes to those things, I'm constantly thinking over these things that I, I realized that men, um, in order to draw back their emotions and women in order to be able to express them, we had different times away from each other and we had different experiences many, many years ago as a species, right? The convenience is sort of the death of motivation, that the things that drive you and the things that your instinctual drives point you towards are, are based around certain roles that we have now manipulated because as you brought up Rockefeller, I was going to say to the, the ladies on the panel, how much tax dollars do you think that that injected into situations like the IRS? How much do you think that that affected the currency after World War II, uh, bringing all the ladies into the labor force and keeping them there? Can you imagine the well, amount Lauren, of money want... that exchanged there? <laughs> Lauren, do you, what, do you want to give your opinion? <laughs> How do I think it affected the tax dollar? Well, how do you think, I guess, yeah. Um, what, what do you mean, like how? Well, John like, D. Rockefeller helped put in the IRS right. because he thought it would help the stability. He wanted to help the economic stability of the country. That's how much of an influential man he was. So put it in perspective, you're going to tell a country like the United States what to do with its money. That's how much swag you have. Okay. Now, okay. going from that to, to being able to propagandize women, not only to join the labor force, but also to stay there, had an in giant injection of money. Wait, I think she's trying to respond, yeah. but for some reason we can't hear. Yeah. We can't hear, we can't we hear can't. you for some reason, Lauren. Yeah, we can't hear you, Lauren. My apologies. Oh, oh my goodness. You should there, back out and, and come back in, Lauren. 
you should back out of the broadcast and come back in. That that's the easiest method I've found. Yeah, like one, one, thing, one uh. thing I will say is that like the I mean it was designed to enslave people because once World War II came in and they had women on the mass of the workforce and got them into that, they put that bug in and they're like, well, then women can do whatever men can. Because who does that like, leave vulnerable, Dale? That leaves the children well, that, at home. Children, that's exactly, yeah. That's exactly it. That was exactly but, it. The, but you mentioned even earlier, Six, like um, the, the frustration, the natural biology, women are naturally become more masculine and more aggressive and more angry and resentful being in these positions. Um, just naturally it, yeah it, it reinforces the behavior and then they think that well i'm doing this anyway so like what do i they i don't need you and i'm they don't they're all they're they're living in perpetual mental and psychological warfare and abuse and it's like even the situation that i'm in right now the last couple of years i think to myself like why would any woman put themselves to go to war? Like the anger that I have felt and the sadness and the overwhelm of being under like the duress or like just, you know, just the whole thing. I'm just like, why would women choose to do this? And I'm sure Lauren can speak to that too, because especially like when you're by yourself and you don't have a man like in close proximity to help you, like, it's just, it's hell. <laughs> like, yeah, poor Keisha. I don't know how she's done it. I'm like, I've been doing this for a year, but she's been doing it for three and I'm like by herself. So now that we're together, it's a little bit better, but I'm like, I don't know how you're doing it still. <laughs> Sorry about your it's, mic issue, Lauren. You were responding though to the Rockefeller thing. I, I wanted, yes, to, hear, we wanted to hear your response to that. Yeah. Sorry. And the edge. No, you're okay. No, this is a deep state. Gotta love it. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I took my, my daughter out of school because, you know, the Rockefellers designed the education system. And I think they designed it, you know, because they wanted workers and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, ultimately, my daughter was forced into public school because she is in DCS custody. So even though I put in like a religious exemption, it's like to indoctrinate them. And um, I wish that wasn't the case. But right now it is the case. So. It's pretty crazy, um, and I and I don't think that it's you know it's right or you know okay at all. Well, and what Keisha was uh, speaking I'll... to, like I'm I'm sorry, Dale, but what Keisha was speaking to when you have biological drives and you're constantly forced into a pattern behavior outside of those biological drives, you think that's good for women's psyche? You think that's good for suicide rates? No, you know who it's all. good for. It's good for the pharmaceutical companies, though. You got it. Because where did Mother's Little Helper come from? If you look up Valium and how Valium was introduced into society, the Rolling Stones even did a song about it, and that's how I know. You got it. They also was mentioned uh, a lot by uh, No Effects, if you uh, know any of these punk bands. But one thing I want to just make, (laughs) make unequivocally clear, the most important job on planet Earth is being a mother. The second most important job is being a father. The father is designed to deal with the external pressures, do the heavy lifting, so that the mother 
can do the most important job of shaping the characters and the minds of the little children. And then the father will come and help finish that off and bring the polishing touches to it. And it's supposed to be the work of the two, but the mother has the greater role. This is why they do what they do. And this is why they're after the mother, but they had to remove the father first to get the defenses out and then they can go after the mother who wasn't designed to deal with this pressure. And this myth that, that men and women are identical in every way is constructed to do this very thing because they make women compete with men in areas that men excel at and they push aside the areas where women excel at and they actually belittle and demean it, which are absolutely essential to humanity going forward like the role of a mother a mother has more power to shape the events of the future than any ruler on planet earth because she's the one who lays the groundwork on how the child's mind thinks and if you don't think this is true why do you think that they're doing the state is doing everything they can to replace the mother like the, the, like you look at who they're attacking it's the women because if mm -hmm. you get, I, I, I know as a father, I can't replace what a mother does. Like, I'm, that's just nonsense. And nor should a mother think that she can do what a father does. Like, yes, sometimes you have to do what's necessary, but that's not the ideal, right? And look at what they're doing in our society. Who are they targeting? Start right? looking out when they start changing words, okay? So when they come out with a new slogan or a new buzz term, something like STEM, Right. That growing up, they never referred to anything that at least I can recall as STEM. So where the hell come from? Pardon my French. Um, I'm, I'm really holding back today, folks. If you tune into my show, I apologize. I swear a lot. Um, I hold back on certain interviews and times because it's not appropriate. But uh, being an uncensored show and being pretty stream of consciousness, I just let it flow sometimes. But. Um, so beware of that. If you tune into TMP, you'll see that I, I might add a warning. I think I should add a warning, but um, no, I, I was going to say that when they come up with something like a, a, a STEM, so that the science is technical and math stuffs, uh, whenever they come up with something like that, um, look up where that comes from. Look up where just the term STEM comes from. What university did it come from? And that university, do they have, um, do they have like ties to like Congress and the military? Because I've seen a lot of that type of relationship happening. Like whenever you have a brand new wave of something taking over, whether it be this trans thing that's going on right now, or I dare say it on the show, and I'm not saying this to be, to be rude, but even human trafficking being a big buzz term or word. How is that used and manipulated? Who can benefit from that? Are there councils on the right, just as there are councils on the left? Are there algorithms for the right, as there are the left? And are there algorithms even for the good, as they are for the bad? It, it even comes down to how they began to compartmentalize learning in the way that was never designed to do, right? There's, like, <clears throat> people don't realize that math, history, and English, they're all integrated. Right, you need to know them all in order to understand them to the fullest. 
And there's an overlap between a lot of it, even biology and so forth, because we look at mathematics and it's like a governing principle that we see everywhere. And math numbers only exist in, in our minds. So that tells you something that if you're seeing everything governed by mathematics, which numbers really don't exist except inside of your mind that are governed by this, this tells you that there's some mind at work, like being a background in engineering. I mean, you look at some of these things that have all these kind this ridiculous amount of design, like we can't even design a cell, human cell. From the ground up, we don't oh, know the how, faith, what makes the life faith tick. aspect and technology, Dale. You nailed it, man. It's gotten so weird lately because it, of the way like, that we've been propagandized that we're supposed to have faith in technology so much so that we even believe in and and people in the alternative media community, especially all this AI stuff. All the AIs coming to get us. It's talking to each other, even though that's a thing from a movie and, and and just people repeating things and never really demonstrating them because it's super um scientific or it's also classified so you know rather rather it, you're going to get lost in jargon you're not going to read 800 pages about it or it's not going to be available to you at all like this we're like the modern person is supposed to believe that if you inject something into you that whatever they want to call it that it's just going to work. And if you dared speak against that, that you were a dissident, you were a heretic. Like it was something, it was, it was awful to see happen in my culture. It was awful to see what happened to people and their mindset and their brains. I had to get off of social media in my personal life because I couldn't look up some of my best friends and hear their drivel about, you need to go out and do the right thing. Well, then it takes away the responsibility of individuals as well when you tell them that you just take this one shot and all of your problems will go away. It's like we're they're constant. We're constantly being um, indoctrinated with these ideas and um, false solutions, uh, which are like Band-Aid cover-ups for gaping wounds and never actually give people the equations or the solutions to fix them themselves. Well, yes, and, and people just trust, yeah, any anything that anyone tells them because they don't actually want to do the hard work to get it done. Yes, solutions lie in understanding. So if you want to understand how yeah. this stuff worked the past few years on people and how all this technology is affecting people, look at the Milgram experiment. Look at the Stanford Prison experiment. Look oh, at things like oh, that oh, yes. behavior. And also, who does that affect more? Does it affect men or women more? Like, is that something well, numbers wise that you can look at and say, who, who has more of an influence? How, how deeper does the propaganda go depending on who's it affects women more for sure? Because, and sorry, dad, go ahead. It, it does it in different ways. And, and, and they, the people who do this, they understand fundamentally um, that men and women are very different. They lie to, to us to say that they're the same in order to accomplish certain objectives and create more dissent and, and uh, discord within within ourselves and then within the larger community. And so it'll start creating the type of chaos that they need in order to push certain agendas. But they know that they're very different because when they appeal to women and men, they're very different. And when you watch the way they appeal to men, they use women in order to override their senses because they know that men are visual. 
they use yes. certain things towards women in in a very different manner in a very targeted manner they appeal and that to their builds our culture then... that builds our culture yes. that difference builds our culture that's like the, the the important lego part of the lego is that the system works with all the legos so if you have one lego it will attach to another one like if you don't get that attachment right in your culture that can be easily co-opted by banks and companies and governments all together to manipulate you into a certain pattern of behavior. Like you, you're, you're right yeah. on to it. You're right on to it. Yeah, and you don't even know, you don't even know it's happening. You think that you're like consenting, but it's been engineered for you that way. And you just, you don't know. I mean, un I unfortunately. Like after watching that century of the self thing, when they went over the term vowels, uh, that goes over the different types, V-A-L-S, vowels. If you type that in and search for it, you can find it, folks. Um, but that term is about the different personality types that marketing and like um, Wall Street would, would sort of target. And one of them was experiencers. And I wrote about this in a, in a monologue a couple weeks ago that I, it, it, was, it was like a slap in my face from reality when I, at, they went over the term experiencer now i know that it's sort of like reading a horoscope right where it it kind of just nails your personality and its description a little bit so you're just like man that was that was meant for me but when they described experiencers i would tell people for decades that i live life for the experience that i would do things and go places and probably dare to do things that others wouldn't simply because i want to see what that's like and sometimes it's bit me in the ass, and sometimes uh, it's led me to a, a better life and understanding. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's been a method. You, you said you said something pretty key right there, the experience. And, and when people talk about science, when they say science doesn't lie, that's true. Science doesn't lie. The problem is, is that people do, and people are the ones who are doing the science. Um, it's built on the human desire to, to learn, and we're all wired to, to learn. We're all curious. People say, oh, oh, I can't do math. You're lying. Babies can do math before they can speak. They understand the concept of numbers and addition and subtraction and so forth. We're just fundamentally wired. That's one of the human um, traits is the ability to do so. It's the way they design the school system that beats out the desire to learn. But we are we should be able to analyze and judge things and weigh things for ourselves. But why the way that school is set up and to indoctrinate is to beat that out, beat out the desire for us to inquire for ourselves. Uh, the and then model. we yeah, the oh, yes. model. And then we, That's what then I was we, thinking the whole time. Then then we have somebody to spoon feed us and they give us social media that gives us the desire to to read less. And not to search the, the harder things. They pushed the schooling onto us, the left side of the brain sort of things too far, too quickly, so that we don't develop the right side of the brain where we're appreciating, for example, like the spirituality and other aspects. That Do you are think important. that hurts applying logic, Dale? Do you think that, that since Absolutely. you haven't developed fully the part of your brain that leads logic, two plus two equals four, right? If they start telling you that it could be five before you're even five, how does that shape your brain? How does that change entirely the way that you're going to look at things critically? Wouldn't then that I, I, I just have a question. 
Yes. So then wouldn't that actually affect men more because women are more naturally emotional so they can handle that kind of like they can kind of reason through those emotional stuff even though they naturally it would probably make them dumber emotionally and more uh, dudes your age lately they can't yeah, that, but, produce testosterone anymore all right that's what i'm saying because if you're teaching men to respond emotionally to everything then you're not it's taking away their ability to actually function as men yes. and that would Produced. that would just affect everything else because that makes everybody a little glob you're just a little glob of tax producing whatever mess you know, you're just a widget. You're just an application into a program that just runs itself to make money. You're they don't know, won't know how to solve problems. But yeah, it, they don't it want goes you to deep. Solve problems. <laughs> but it goes deeper than this. Because generally, with most people, with their faith-based ideas, and there's a spirituality, and we're coming back to understand that people have to have a spiritual component. But a lot of this is where the morality comes from, and it comes tied to this. So then when you have that aspect that's not that's stunted, you get your your morality compass like wrong. And like because it's just not developed. Then you have your men that are supposed to be <clears throat> helping the families be that moral compass by speaking by their actions. And you're not being guided by your actions, you're not being guided by your judgment and reason. You're being guided by your emotion and impulse. When you have a man that's guided by emotion and impulse, this is how you break down the society. He begins to become a weapon and turns against his family because he's not using the judgment and reason. And when the man becomes emotional and, and dysregulated, well, then the woman no longer feels safe and comfortable because she needs mm -hmm. that security. And then what that's happens terrifying. to the children? They start and, to panic. And you can see it in modern Russia. You can see it like I, I for my love of uh, heavy metal and extreme metal, I, I watched a documentary um, about bands that play these crazy festivals in Russia. And right after that, I watched a documentary that was a follow up about the drug crocodile. And crocodile is something that folks warning, don't look it up unless you like to be grossed out. It is gross. Okay. So these people inject this stuff into them and it eats it eats their body away. And when you look at that type of despair, right? And you look at that type of nihilism in someone's life, like Dale, what you were describing there, like after they break down your identity and your biological purpose and everything else from you know from the root up, that you if you're so lost in life, then anything goes. I mean, it it is the it is the wrong way to look at by any means necessary. Um, I'm being a fan of heavy music, um, folks, if, if you get into that sort of thing or if you can stomach it, um, check out a song by a, a band named Kubla Khan and it's called Swan Song. Now, Swan Song, it goes into a story about how these guys that are touring in a band are on the road and they come across um, someone that's prostituting themselves at a truck stop. And yes, this is a this is a very real thing that you see or passing through a city. You you will you will encounter this if you travel. It's something that still happens in America, right? Now, they wrote about this and they took on sort of the role 
of the person when they're voicing the lyrics about what happened in this person's life. And they get to the conclusion at the end that they can't walk that person's life. They can't live their history. But someday the world might hear that story. And that's the most impactful thing about that song. The the one thing I wanted to kind of touch on here is that a lot of people think that, you know, people are like, well, we don't believe in, in God or whatever, anything like that. I'm like, everybody believes in something. I said, what most people don't realize is that they have the state taking the place of God in their life. Now, I'm not here to tell you what you should and shouldn't worship. That's not my place here. What I can tell you is that it should not be the state the government that i can tell you because when the government becomes your god and the arbiter of truth then you allow a bunch of people like yourself and often them are very corrupt to dictate what is going on because the tangible has faults dale that that's that's the thing when you when you talk about faith if you have faith or belief in something that's intangible something that you know that you may not ever grasp, then that's probably better than something built by man who is faulted. Like we are all sinners. We are all existing in a world where we are ignorant to like the true grasp and of, of space and our reality and our God and everything around us constantly. So it's better to live in that state of unknowing and reaching for that knowing than it is to place it in something like the government, a pharmaceutical company, your military, or even the person providing you the technology that's allowing this to even happen, or even any of us, really. It's something greater. Yes, or especially the people that are deceiving you and and then telling you what, what, what to do. Like, I'm sorry, like, no, don't do that because... It, it you can't trust someone who's deceiving you for one. I mean, this is where you got to think for yourself, and this is where you like, for example, like I have people that believe fundamentally differently. I mean, I don't have a problem with this. Like they understand what they're doing. Please understand what you're doing because when you're listening to the government and they're telling you to do these things, you don't know what they're doing. It's, this is worse than a cult. Like this is worse. I mean this is really what it is because the government says do this and it's good for you and they're advertising to you and you don't even know what it is and you're just like yes I'm going to do it that and you can't insane. question it well that's that's the gimmick I mean when you when you train people like I don't know the last time you were in a classroom Keisha but do you remember sort of at the end of class like if a teacher ever asked does anybody have any questions? And then somebody would raise their hand and ask a question. And then you see the rest of the classroom go, just want to go. I don't want to be here. You know, like you see the air just leave the room when somebody actually does have a question. When somebody does need to raise their hand and say, hey, I don't understand this. Or especially if, hey, I want to challenge this. You know, I, I was in a lot of social sciences classes so when i got to sit and watch the rest of the room 
and a sociology class. And everyone just take the, what I would describe as left-wing drivel at the time of like how to be a, how to be a good anti-fascist and to dress up in all black and listen to Rage Against the Machine, which I got to give it to him on the riffs, okay? I got to give it to him on the riffs. But um, whenever it comes to like living that type of lifestyle, I knew that I would be a useful idiot. Like I'd already learned that. I didn't want to be part of some anti-fascist group because I believe that society could be better. So maybe that made me right wing, but I didn't hold a lot of the same values as many of the right wing people, especially on the war stuff. Um, I was fortunate enough to have my grandfather in my life and my grandfather served. Um, and he told me that after serving, because he got out with his life, that he was a pacifist, no longer believed in violence that way. Took me a while to really understand that, but I understood it more during COVID particularly because I didn't want to take out my frustrations about what was going on with me on the people around me. Because when I lose contact <laughs> with my emotions and they go awry, that, that, that could burn a bridge that I can't rebuild. And I've done that. I've, I've lived through those experiences. I don't recommend them. <laughs> Le learn from me. <laughs> yeah, I... Um... I, I I agree with kind of uh, the what you're talking about, and um, you know that's why I I try to follow what Jesus says to do, and I'm not a perfect person in any stretch of the means, but my father is pro probably I say all the time probably the most diplomatic person I've ever met in my life, and I try my best as well to maintain diplomacy. However, um, for quite a while, uh, you know I I could have some some issues with uh, the tongue sometimes my dad would say and uh, I, I worked on that for a lot and I think a lot of that came from me not understanding exactly what was going on in my frustration being in this situation and not knowing how to navigate and just going about trying to do what needs to be done but not seeing um, the results of um, the results of the, the labor that we're doing and all sorts of other things. Like I couldn't see what my dad could see, but, and so once I actually came to understand some, one day somebody said something to me, I don't know. We were having a meeting with somebody, my dad, I think Lauren and I, and we were just sitting there talking and the lady was explaining something. I actually don't even remember what it was, but I know that it, hit me emotionally in a way where it brought me to an understanding of, oh my gosh, that's actually what's going on. And this is what is actually this circumstance of what's happening. And I've been doing this the entire time and responding this way. And I, I didn't need to, and I haven't since then, um, because I realized just how bad the consequence of my actions were. And I think if more people had that ability, then um, I mean, obviously God gives us the opportunities to do that, but um, th my father is, my point is my father has never been, um, the liberal emotional person, no matter what I said or did to my dad as a kid, or even as an adult, he's always kept his composure. Like you said, when you respond emotionally, you lose, but he's always tried to show that love and respect of God. And so I've never been able to, uh, 
identify fully with what the the left is doing because there's not much logic and reasoning behind it. And sometimes on the right side, there is a little bit too much stringent and, you know, lack of love in their approach with people and lack of understanding. And so that's why my father always has pointed me back to God in a situation, like I said, we're not perfect. And, you know, we try to follow the life of Jesus for sure. But um, yeah, I couldn't imagine if my dad was emotional like that. And, and yeah, I just, it wouldn't function. He's always been pretty diplomatic that way. And I'm, I'm blessed. Honestly, I'm blessed because like he said, the way that, the way that they've attacked men in this way, my dad was raised with all women. And after going through this situation, it blows my mind that my father is the way that he is. He was raised with five women. And I'm just like, the grace of God, and you're just a savage man, because men who are emotional are terrifying. The things that they're teaching, the way that you guys were explaining all this time that they've done to men psychologically and emotionally in school and the Prussian system and all sorts of other stuff that they've instituted, has destroyed, it creates rapists and serial killers and pedophiles and all sorts of things. And it creates failures. Failures. Failures because you, if you can't cope emotionally with failure, you're not going to be successful. And especially at at maths and sciences, because you're just going to, you're going to get to the end of a really long equation. And then you realize that you botched something. And uh, if you can't hold that together, you, you may lose interest. It's, it's easier to just go to the club. (laughs) <laughs> drink it away if you wanted to right? plenty of other things to do besides that and that's why i'm surprised even with lauren she's you know as a woman she's not even go ahead dad but people got that way because they took away the barriers for people where they would normally fight through adversity a lot of the times when they got it wrong they'd be like okay let's go back and figure this out and find out where that happens now they just throw their hands in the air because everybody gets the same re- reward for everything, no matter what the effort. So people are just like, why put an effort? Um, but I just wanted to touch on something here. With with uh, the, the dynamic between men and women, and, and in this situation, like with, what, with my daughter and myself, I had to trust her judgment as a woman in order to get this done because there are things that I don't know as a man. Like, I mean, I watch interactions with women and I don't know what's going on. I really don't like, I, I just scratch my head. I see that it's different. And I know that if I do certain things, then I'll get an unfavorable reaction, but I don't understand like the thought process of women. And like, even with coming with Lauren and Keisha, they would tell me things and I would, listen because if i didn't well i can't understand the dynamics between women dealing with each other i don't and and for me to sit down and say that i'd be lying (laughs) a great point dale is that everyone on this panel has heard the name george lucas right george lucas the guy that did star wars oh yeah you know his wife edited those films Really? And she did so because she understood the romance of the way a story is supposed to be told. George was more into the visuals. What Dale brought up about men being visual is that George had an idea of a space opera, Buck Rogers type of thing. 
So when he was going after that, he was going after the visual part of it. And Star Wars in itself, still to this day, the first three films especially, not with these new gimmicks. But, I mean, the the first three movies, you, you got to hand it to him. Like, it, it was homage to a lot of different things because he also does that in his work. But um, if you look at the way that the film is put together, and if you watch, uh, I think, one of the latest uh, documentaries about those films, is that it goes into, yes, his wife heavily edited those things and spent lots of time and even won Academy Awards for it. But most people don't know that she was even involved because it just it, it, it became the, the focus was on him. you know. And there's also a different aspect of that too, is that maybe if it was on her, like would, would, the, would the end have been the same? You know, if you put a spotlight on a woman and put them in front of a group, what do they become? Is it the same thing as a man? Are those same things like sort of presented whenever you put the spotlight on a woman, especially like when they get really big, you know, when they get like Taylor Swift big or Rihanna big, like it, can that be good for someone's psyche? Like, I don't think they can handle it like in and of themselves. Like that's why, like except like I, for me personally, I'm a very like I'm a very introverted person, my dad and I, and you know we're the kind of people who like to do things, just leave like l just leave us alone to do our own stuff, to live our life and be happy, and we'll be fine. Um, being in the forefront of things, we don't really appreciate doing. We're doing kind of like you know because we have to now. You can't I can't just see crime and not do anything about it, but you know, when women end up getting in a situation where they even just as small as my page is, and I'm in the forefront of things and talking about all this stuff and trying to put myself out there to help people, it is very hard on the mind and the heart. It is a very push and pull situation. Some days you're feeling so great because you're helping so many people and people are still attacking you all the time. Sometimes I'm crying to my dad, like, do they really believe that, like, we're criminals? Like, I'm suffering trying to help people. Like, do they really? My dad's like, no, they don't believe that. They're gaslighting. They know or that we're not doing this. Algorithmically, because they know that feeding you emotional content like that in the negative sense will affect your mentality. Yeah, and, look, and that look too. At the user base and reuser base of a lot of these platforms. Guess why they're giving up the downvote? Guess why they're giving up the dislike on a lot of these platforms? Is because women can't emotionally handle seeing their stuff get ratioed. They that can't handle rejection. Women yeah. cannot handle rejection. Like it, yep. it destroys their brain. And I mean, to a certain degree, like you need to be able to handle it. But the last couple of years, the amount of rejection that I've experienced on a day-to-day -day basis, I think even men would control all delete themselves. I don't know. Men handle rejection on a high level, like every day. So maybe not, but I mean, it, it, it does it, in a way that makes you better. Iron sharpens iron. It just, yeah, does. but women don't get, um, women don't build confidence from negative reinforcement. And so all it does is tear them down and make it easier for someone else to come along and take advantage of them by giving them a small piece of like kindness. Great and then they're like, they feel better. Yeah. And then they, and then they all, they go do whatever that person wants them to do because it's psychological warfare for them. Women need positive uh, encouragement 
and a certain type of critiquing, which is also why I don't understand the way young people are attacking women right now um, when they don't like their promiscuity or whatever, because as soon as you say anything to a woman that makes them feel inconvenient or slightly off, it changes their mood in a negative way. The whole message is gone because now their emotion is overriding their brain. So it's like things need to be done with women in a way where it makes them feel encouraged to do it and it like it's going to benefit them in some way because it it's emotional a logical argu argument and a fight you can have a logical argument and discussion right like even something that's intensely like you know you, you it, it could be heated but still in the frame of logic but then once you lose control over what how that logic's being applied i see a lot of it online uh i see a lot of the the mind reading stuff just that's what gets me every time. Like if you start going into somebody's motivation, like be careful because you have to be able to demonstrate that motivation. Like it, people can call me to the carpet on that. They could be like, Oh, what's, what's, what's six's motivation. I'll tell you, <laughs> just ask, you know, my, my motivation is to uh, provoke people to think and think critically and to uh, also be able to document things like this for history and posterity. <laughs> But sorry, you got cut off, Keisha. So I was just filling in time there. I, I just wanted. <laughs> I, I wanted to just touch on something that Keisha was saying. This is one thing why they target this situation in in a fundamentally very way, and this is done deliberately so that they create a cycle. So once you have an emotional set of men, the emotional set of men are gonna they're gonna traumatize the women by their emotional nature. Men are supposed to be the stabilizing force because women are designed to be more, process more emotion because you need to do that with the younger children. That's It's essential to human development. But when you have men that are emotional, they start traumatizing the women by their actions. And then what happens to the women when they're traumatized? Women start to talk more when they're traumatized. Now, when you're dealing with male children, you can't have that because when that happens, you're then traumatizing those the male children because they're not pro designed to do that. Men talk, talk less. Boys, they learn to talk. Their, their speech develops behind girls for a good reason because they're not wired that way. But then when you do this, the woman's traumatized and talking more and now creating a trauma for the boys that then now they in turn turn around because they act out to go and inflict that and they've created this cycle and then when i watch of what's happening now the when the men are out of the picture they're just going after the women in a very disgusting manner so that they will go and traumatize their children and they're doing it just because they're trying to process the trauma that they have and they're it's heavily manipulated in a manner and this is done by men We've done it's this. Selfish men that, you know, it's, oh, yes. it's the it's the narcissistic. Just I, I will, uh, I will pursue anything that gives me pleasure, anything that's supposed to give me status, anything that's going to give me wealth. Um, the Gordon Gecko type of drive, you know, and it's it's it was around a lot in in the upbringing of my culture and everything, but now it just seems to be sort of like this is this is the common faith that's taught in public schools 
This is what's going into uh, colleges and universities. It's what's taking people even out of faith-based organizations and into these colleges and switching them radically. Because it's, it's a horseshoe theory in a sense. Like if you have, if you have faith beliefs and, and ones that, that separate you from the rest of your community and separate you from the rest of your, your government, uh, whether it be local or federal, right? Like if you have faith in something else to govern you, then you're sort of on the opposite end of the spectrum in a sense. Like you're latching on to something that has its own mores and laws and dogmas, right? Like that you have to, it, it teaches you sort of how to obey and behave in certain situations. Like I have friends that are Catholic, so I've gotten to experience a lot of these, these rituals, right? So, but whenever you have that sort of attachment, though, that gives you a closer community because you tend to gather, you tend to relate to one another, you tend to know one another, and you gather at least once a week to just, oh, hey, there's another person. Let's have a conversation for a second while I sip this coffee, even though it's terrible. Sorry, I'm a coffee snob. But uh, no, I mean, when you have that interaction, though, like you build relationships. You're like, oh, hey, Jeb, what you growing over there on that farm? Oh, we got potatoes. Oh, we got carrots. You want to trade? Then you don't need other people. It's it's sort of a system of dependency that we're built upon. You don't need a tax man either. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> absolutely. Like, you want a road? Yo, let's get together next Sunday. We're going to build a road. You can do it. Like my friend Gar Goldsmith did an awesome piece about uh, Rod Stewart, the rock star, helping to fill in a pothole like on these streets because he couldn't drive his, like I think it was like a Lamborghini or something down the street because of the pothole. So he helped his, helped his bros in the community, <laughs> as you do, go out and fill a pothole. Rod Stewart in, in his 70s, still, still looking great and driving Lamborghinis. <laughs> so... But, uh, I mean, you can do that, right? I mean, you can do that with a smaller community. The answer really is local, is it not? Like, mm -hmm. they, they got something in the, in the whole it he, takes he, a village, but they just got it wrong with who they attached it to and why. Maybe we should take that back along with many well, other it's not, it, it's not. It's not it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to create your community and maintain it. That's right. Because the families raise the children, and, but the, the communities, they sustain themselves and they do the work to help that community grow so they all have places for their families where they can individually run their own families. And have other respectable women place. around that look after the children while the men are out doing things and, and gathering, right? Like, this is something that's primal. Like, how did we go from that to like this modern beast where like we're shopping in the same pants section now. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> literally. I, 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 and I, I, it, I, I, it's I, literally. I, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. Dad. Sorry. It, my it, gears. It's, 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 contr it's control. It's, I always used to say the greatest form of slavery would be the illusion of freedom. And this is what oh. we've been presented was an illusion of the freedom matrix. that that people would fight for, that your slaves would fight for the slavery that they're in. And the way that it's being systematically implemented, this is a measure of war. It's just a quiet war, a silent war. 
not one that's being done with weapons because that would be easy to detect. It's but a someone soft is tyranny. a handful of it's people. It's a soft tyranny. Yes. It, it, it's, it's, what we're seeing is treason on a massive scale. And people are just too indoctrinated to realize it. But the rest of us women, like Lauren, and I, you know, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, but like, what bothers me is like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> I didn't consent to this and I didn't agree to this. Like, I don't, I, I really can't stand the way that everything is, the way that, uh, the way That's that the left does. The solution. Keisha, you yeah, nailed it. That's why volunteerism is the solution. You doing things voluntarily, you you taking things back into your own hands and deciding how you're deciding to go backwards. Yeah, because the way that the left does things is like, if I believe that this is what women are supposed to do, all of you women have to do it. And it's like, no, I don't want to work 14, 12 to 14 hours a day, come home and take care of an entire house and children, wake up 3 a.m. in the morning and make everybody's lunches and breakfasts and everything. And the most abusive situation possible it's like that's not working as a team or a collective and um i know that you know lauren you have children and maybe you can speak yeah. to this more than i can obviously because i don't i've been yet. doing it for 14 years by myself with a with a 14 year old and a, a four-year-old so yeah and working I hope none you know of them 40 ever behave like i used to behave back in the day <laughs> I was not always this well-behaved, Lauren. I hope you have well-behaved children. <laughs> um, I do. That I do. Um, I'm great. I'm great, grateful for that because, uh, yeah, I was not. Yeah, I have a potty mouth too, so <laughs> I can be. Uh, but yeah, my children are very well-behaved. I'm. I'm blessed for that. <laughs> yeah, they're very sweet. I I met them actually. They're the the little boy is so adorable and the dot the daughter i mean both of them are so brilliant actually but yeah they're they're quite well behaved um but yeah i i think that going forward like you said um choosing to do uh what you want to do and i think we, i mean we have to do it on a grassroots level connecting with other people who are like-minded like this and like you said you got carrots well i got some corn or potatoes or wheat or whatever let's trade Let's start going back to like homesteading, homeschooling, having your own farms or whatever, you know, doing everything like more traditionally and naturally so we can have full control over our own homes and our families and our, our way of life. Because it's like, just because you decide to live this way doesn't mean I need to adapt to that way of living. And it's not even... I mean, a lot of the stuff that they do is just absolutely, I mean, horrendous. I mean, even down to the the children who are being mutilated in this trans agenda. But um, we shouldn't have to feel, feel or actually be forced. And now they're trying to say in America that they will, um, what's it called, start in putting the women's names in the draft. And now women are like losing their mind. And they're like, I take it back. No, we've been should have taken it back. So, I mean, yeah. Folks, um, if you want to stop human true. trafficking, if you want to stop human trafficking worldwide, stop the war machine. Because it's the de destabilization in these foreign countries that has caused more human trafficking in the past decade than maybe have ever existed on the planet Earth. And it was done under the guise of us defending freedom with Literally. the U.S. military. 
and that's not a that's not a dishonor oh, yes. to the people uh, that I know that served. You know, I, I just want to throw that out there, and I want to piss people off that think that I'm going after military <laughs> men and women because I'm not. But I'm talking about the people that called those orders. No. That I can judge as a oh, citizen yes. of this country. That I can judge. Even, if not, <laughs> then what do we got here? It's not even just the people who call the orders. It's the people who began to instigate and fund and create the conditions for those circumstances to happen because i mean the people that were profiting off of the wards and 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 uh you know like profiting off of both sides and creating the conflict these are guys that are doing that because sometimes well if somebody's at your doorstep well you got to fight now right you can't really say sorry i'm just not going to do that but when we started to go in and you look at the pattern of how a lot of the Western countries were going in there together with America and they were just coming in. They were, for lack of a better term, pissing in everybody's cornflakes and then going, oh, well, we got to do something. Well, I'm like, wait, wait a second. You were arming both sides. You were stoking the fires. You were killing innocent civilians. What did you think was going to happen? And then when you helped and you left, you put in somebody that was worse and then you left them all to their own devices. And Power then you didn't in. think that pe people would would resent you. And then you now leave a bunch of factions that are heavily armed and extremely radical, right? And and then controlling people. Like if you go over like a lot of the Muslim countries, they don't like these uh, extremist groups. Like I worked with a guy, and he's like, I had I had five brothers that got killed by these guys. We can't stand them because my parents are like they got deprived of all their children like i guarantee you right now more more muslims are being killed by these extremists than anybody over here because they got to live with them just gunning them down in the streets they don't want this but who put them there the same guys that are creating the human trafficking because when they send our people over there to fight guess what now their men are dead Right now, the families are destroyed. Now you have all of these problems. You have to force more women into the workforce, and then make them compete against men, and you create this whole cycle. And and instead of having things back, women worked. Of course, they did. They didn't have to. They didn't have to fight men. Now you have men and women getting into the boxing rings and things like that together. And now you're seeing the disastrous results of that. Women should compete against women. Sure, there's some areas where they're crossover, but there's a lot of areas they shouldn't be crossing over now. They're forcing them to, and it is all about slavery, and that's all it is boils down to. Slavery's control, and that needs to stop. People need to control and control their own lives. Parents have control of their children to raise them as they see fit. Obviously, if you're killing your children, that's a problem. That's a crime. Then you deal with that. But I can't tell you what to teach your child. As long as you're you're following the base rules where people are gonna live with, that's up to you. It's the way it is. Not the state telling you what to do and then injecting yourself with poison and let's experiment. But we'll leave us and if we don't, we'll take everything you have, which is again slavery. Well, that's something I'm gonna discuss on uh Friday, Dale, is we're gonna discuss the topic of immunity but not the in terms of biology we're going to be talking about legal immunity like in in the structure that we have in our government 
um, is there any built-in mechanisms uh, that punishes the people for wrongdoing that run it? What are those mechanisms? Who investigates the investigators? Who watches the watchmen? Uh, we're going to be talking about those things because I think that's very important now that they're talking about yet another strain that's hospitalizing a number of people now and that businesses are going back to certain policies with masking. And here we are again at, at, another, uh, at another consequence for never, never finding a solution to this, this human problem. And I don't know how far back that goes, maybe even back to the founding of our country, right? But it, it's something that we are here now to address that if forced again, Will the government provoke? I mean, we've seen the Biden administration go against the Supreme Court, who, however you want to look at it, and however silly it is to have a 5-4 vote decide whether or not the government can chase you down and stick a needle in you. What's um, crazy? <laughs> go ahead, Lauren. Yeah, please. Uh, what's crazy is, so I worked for Thermo Fisher Scientific, and we had a whole building uh, dedicated to Pfizer and Moderna. And I knew back in, what was it, March or April, that the FDA would be coming out with a new variant that would be required for the vaccine, the new vaccine, because um, I worked on the vaccine science department. So I knew this back then. And then I met Dale and he's like, oh, that's probably why they targeted you. And I'm like, well, yeah. So I knew that, um, you know, and then now all this is coming out and they said it would be by July of 2023. And sure enough, here comes July. And what do you know? It's all coming out. I mean, I guess that if the audience isn't familiar, look up a concept called Hegelian dialectic. It's whenever you create a problem to be able to offer a solution. Problem reaction solution also known as thesis antithesis synthesis you end up getting what you want in the end so if you can produce an issue that you can offer a solution to and you can also have people wager on you offering that solution say like the people in congress that you can you can assuredly get away with even Crimes against humanity, Dale. And what's what's the mechanism built into our government in its current form that allows any of these people to come to justice or any sort of punishment? And in fact, when is the last time somebody was punished for those sort of things? Is it just our Edward Snowdens? Is it just our Julian Assange's? Inch. Go ahead, Dale. Sorry, you muted yourself, brother. Oh. Yeah, just I'm going to bring something up here that uh, I'll put on the screen. Just kind of lets people know what's coming up here. Uh, let me share screen since you're talking about the whole justice thing. Uh, there we go. Yeah. So I'm interested. We'll, we'll Actually, um, I'm talking to a constitutional lawyer about coming on to ask him what the penalty to the government is for them violating our First Amendment for the past several years. Because if you've learned of the Twitter files and what's also been happening with Facebook and that platform and others, 
when it comes to censorship and gathering of data and also the restriction of certain data is getting out. I don't know if any of you guys have ever had any social media problems. Yeah. Into a few. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. All right. All right. So we're looking at a petition for rid of mandamus. And this is uh, going, it's, it's on its way to the uh, Court of Appeal for the Fourth Circuit. Um, this kind of touches on there. Um, and this goes through a lot of the questions about, we'll look at that doctrine of judicial immunity for, um, that uh, is being questioned because when evidence placed of treason was placed before judges, a number of judges, they made decisions to violate Article 3, Section 3 of the Constitution, which is because the Constitution starts off with we we the people, the people have a right to not have treason being committed and to bring forth claims of treason because it's written into the Constitution because if you don't have your treason investigated, you lose your republic. And there's no provision in the Constitution um, for to allow that to be blocked. So now there, uh, when we come in here, we go over a number of cases and uh, in this, and they have like a lot of this stuff here. But we vote. I mean, you know, how Keisha's case, my case, and then coming down to Lauren's case, how the judges were coming um, together and punishing people there, where you see there that it's tied to human trafficking and Lord was tortured by 22 male officers in order to traffic your children and drugged, um, right? During the interrogation after being intimidated and so after presenting this evidence and report, no, this was before this, but just exposing the sex trafficking ring and so forth. And then after that, when presenting evidence that this human trafficking is actually tied to the, the, the overacts of trees and is in fact traces by nature, ended up getting extreme attack from the judiciary and members. In fact, the judge went ahead and started to make... Of course they have. It's it's the Matrix. They don't like this coming out. Technical gremlins, we call them. (laughs) I mean, I can put that down here. But in fact... But in in fact, she ends up um, getting attacked viciously by the evidence of treason is there and the criminal activity that implicates the judge and the prosecutor place a rule on those things and then they dismiss them and then they punish Lauren and start punishing the point and Keisha the point that they had to flee and you can kind of touch on that a little bit 
Lauren, Lauren why don't you start? I talk too much. Yeah, no, we uh, had to flee after I reported the the treason and stuff. They had the same criminal judge on the uh, on the same case as the civil case with my children, um, and she refused to recuse herself. We ended up calling the police on the police in the courtroom. They threatened to arrest us. They didn't that day. The next day was the criminal court proceeding, and they locked us out of the courtroom. And they ended up ruling uh, and making a ruling, but they told us there was no court. But the judge actually made a ruling and completely disregarded all the complaints that I had made. Um, and so we had to flee because uh, they were really coming after us pretty hard. See, that's the persecution thing that I brought up earlier. Like one of the things that I've been able to witness since I, I aggregate a lot of information from across alternative media, like to do what I do and to have like the vantage points that I have, I, I've always been able to gather things from different sources. Lately, I'm very fortunate that I have listeners that send me a lot of the things that I use. But, you know, even, even till now, like I, I bounce around to different shows. I listen to different Twitter spaces. Dale, I've been on a couple of yours. Um, you know, when I, when I go around and I gather this information and I hear about these types of stories, the biggest issue that we have covering them at TNP is that we look to have the most objective lens, you know, when we come to our own conclusions to talk about on the show. And we do, you know, like to speculate on things as people do, but mostly like I always try and come at this from a more journalistic perspective when I hear stories like yours. And the problem that shows like mine and others run into is that we don't have access to the court documents. Those court documents that are kept by PACER are kept by a, an institution called George Washington University that has a lot of ties to D.C. and the military and the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, the Uniparty, if you will. Um, the problem with PACER is, is that if you want access to a court document, Every little page of those court documents costs like a quarter. And there's thousands upon thousands of pages. So unless you got a couple grand just to pay for a stack of paper, you don't have access to the full transcript of the trial. So my good friend Lisa Belanger and I came up with a solution that we offer. And it's on the link that Dale attached to the uh, description of this video. So if you follow my Liberty links, you will find it. And it's called the TNP Document Vault. So for people like you, Lauren, and others out there that are in the courts and you're battling these, these types of things, I want to create a public library of documents that people can have access to about cases like yours and others and J6 cases that we've helped with and anything, really. Just to show the fact that, as my friend Lisa Blanger has put it, court is a racket like the way that they approach things and the way that judgments are levied and penalties are levied like if you think that this is objective guys if you have faith in that system then you need to look at it a little bit deeper and look at it a little bit more granular granularly it's really early folks um and just see the finer detail <laughs> that's what i was about to say um you will find that no, a lot of it is subjective. 
a lot of it isn't really based on reality or anything. Maybe even emotions and dare I say, even corruption. And when you start calling that out, then you become a target. Correct, Lauren? So true. So true. Yes, I've posted uh, a lot of my documents on all my social media platforms. Uh, I get shadow banned a lot, though. I was about <laughs> to say, you're probably shadow banned all hell. Yeah. yeah. She <laughs> is. We, we just posted a video yesterday on TikTok because we decided we're going to start documenting um, what happened. Because like Lauren said, we went into the court to um i went with her as a witness and the judge who was presiding over her criminal case also was presiding over the family matter and i was like you need to recuse yourself at the beginning of the hearing because you have uh this a conflict of interest in which you have a vested interest and you need to recuse yourself and make a continuance until until then and she started to threaten me and tell me she was going to arrest me i had to get up and leave and so we got up to leave and she said if you guys leave you're getting arrested i said okay i'm calling the police then i'm calling the police so i called the police because she had these sheriffs standing us behind us like three and then i called the police and told them i'm an american indian i'm a victim of human trafficking i'm here as a witness for my friend who's a trafficking victim and her children and the judge is threatening to arrest us for being witnesses and criminally intimidating us we leave and she locks us out of the court hearing the next day for the criminal matter and in the family hearing so lauren she told you earlier just a few minutes ago she gave all the evidence to the officers local enforcement um, with outlines to treason and the trafficking, they put a lead investigator over the case, Morgan Carpenter, for leading investigator for her case. When we went into that family hearing, the lead investigator was the witness against Lauren. All the people involved in the arrest and investigating, even to help Lauren's complaint, and the ones that were using to arrest her, is the ones coming against her. And I said, okay. This is nonsense. I told the judge, I said, we're leaving. You do whatever you want, we're leaving. She said, I'm arresting you. I said, you're going to arrest the victim of human trafficking. I said, good luck to you. Do whatever you want in this hearing. We're going. Speak outside with the police. Bye. So we went, waited for the police. We spoke to them. Next day, they lock us out of the criminal hearing, say that there's no hearing. We call the police again. They say that there's just no court. They lock everybody out that morning. And then they make hearings against Lauren on the document, on the docs later. And I was like, oh my gosh. So it was a good thing. So anyways, we end up having to flee and now like her home. And now we're just out and about just, you know, out here on the streets. <laughs> but, you know, we're for a couple of days with, you know, a friend right now, but uh, we'll have to see how it goes. But this is how they traffic people. They try to go and get the help. They try to do the legal route. They get the criminal, the criminally intimidated by judges and lawyers and 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 police who are supposed to actually be investigating and helping. And they and they drive you out of your own home and you have nowhere to go and you end up in a less than favorable situation. Well, folks, something I wanted to bring up here and uh, Keisha, I'm I'm gonna roll it about when we hit two hours, if that's cool. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh wait, 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 wait. I just realized, sorry. I I talked I, I tried to explain the situation so much that I forgot the original point. Sorry. So yeah, we ended up actually making this uh, sorry. We ended up making this TikTok video yesterday to actually document 
um, what we're experiencing so people can see um, how this happens in Canada and the U.S. It's not really exactly just like in Central America where someone just comes and picks you up and then tries to control or delete you from like a van. Um, and I post the video and it's like still getting engagement on my page, but she has way more um, people following her page and usually way more interactions and she's got like no engagement. So yeah, definitely shadow ban you when you do those things. It was a very long way to say, yes, she's being shadow banned. Sorry. No, but you demonstrated a little bit. And like, in fact, even more so like anything that could be documented, like what I was talking about, like screenshots of that type of stuff happening, video screen video grabs of those things happening. Like I've recently had problems liking certain viral things that'll pop up on my own feed. I'm like, okay, so algorithm, you're feeding yes. me this thing, but you're not letting me like it. Like what? Okay. What's going on? Yeah. And just because oh, I like I think something is not an entire endorsement either, but it's just something like, okay, that's a valid point. Like maybe we should look into that. Like I've been covering the Hawaii stuff lately too. And there's a lot of speculation that's going on there, which I'm open to have those conversations, right? That's why I started doing this is to give a stage to people where they can you have open conversations. But yes, the government does have direct energy weapons, okay? That's something that we have to deal with. Who else has direct energy weapons? Here's a funny thing that I want to ask everybody that's sort of like automatically pointing to a, this is like, you know, this is a PSYOP or this is, this is somebody that, that, that the U.S. government did. I was like, okay, yeah, different plausible things, all right? Um, what if it was somebody else, though? What if it was somebody that did this to us as a country? What would the consequence of that be? Would that start World War III? If yeah, you were by in, weapons on people. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I mean, three. So, yeah. And then how plausible is that of, is that of something that happened? Like I would like to talk to engineers. I would also like to get some forensics of, uh, from Maui. That is one of the more brilliant points that I saw on a Twitter exchange about that. So if you want to prove something, you get forensics. Guess who keeps the record of all that though? The court system. All right. So if we're dealing with a court system that we constantly have to pay it a small fortune to even have access to our own information to share with our own people, how transparent is this process really? And also because it's not transparent, how benevolent, how benevolent do you think they even have to be? Right. That's right. So true. Yeah. They're all just going to call it down the middle. They're just going to be an un, you know, uh, just a unbiased and just fair referee at all times. Does that ever happen? Nope. <laughs> nope. That's exactly why my dad and I have put everything public since the very beginning, because there was no transparency with the, from the law enforcement and the courts off the rip. And we were like, then if they're doing this, they're outwardly saying like, they're going to control or delete you. Like we need to make everything public. And people think that you get more protection when you're private. You don't because no one's going to know what's going on, first of all. And then when something does happen to you, they're going to just believe whatever the court has put on the record, not what actually they've given to you, like all the documents of what's happening, the phone call conversations, the videos of the abuse happening to you and things like that. My dad dropped out. Uh, he froze, yeah. but he's coming back in. And so more people, I think I'd like your idea of having some sort of way where people can put all of their um documents that they're willing to share of course because it's, it's for the researchers it's for the, for the researchers yeah so that they can yeah people can see what's really going on because 
the courts are just lying through their teeth. Like in South Carolina, they told on the court that on my dad's uh, filing under the Crime Victims' Rights Act, where they accused him of trafficking me and said that I'm a victim, but he's the trafficker. And then on my Crime Victims' Rights Act, which I submitted both at the same time, they just said that they, said that they, they just, they, they didn't they say any, say like, anything. there was just a bunch of random... Okay, you need to kick out the other one. You need to get rid of the other Oh, deal. boy. There you go. Yeah, for some reason. And then on mine. (laughs) Yeah, technical grammar. And then on mine that they just released not too long ago, which by the way, they took almost a year to give the decisions on and you have only five days. They ended up just saying that they don't see any of the evidence. So they didn't take any of my statements. They didn't take police reports. They didn't take anything. And they've done everything off the record, even the immigration when they snatched me. So it's like people need to start putting out their information publicly and keep everything, like everything, because they will lie about any and everything. It's the same thing on Lauren's documents when I was going through them. Lauren has everything and they're just lying through their teeth. It's crazy. They told me I can't Sorry. do podcast. I can't do, uh, they told me all sorts of stuff and I'm like, well, I'm still doing them. <laughs> so they put a gag order on you? Uh, no. And it's oh. not even a sealed piece of paper. Yeah. It's not even a sealed document. They, 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 uh, the courts are just, um, they, I mean, oh, and by the way, it's like a smoke screen. It's like an, illu- an illusion of authority, can in you, a sense. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you, Dale. Welcome back. Uh, okay, thank you. I guess I'll have to be like sick today and uh, use the avatar because they don't want my face being seen. I guess it's as soon as I started talking about this, but w- what was going on was a gross amount of retaliation, right? And like you're sitting down and saying, when I put down and present facts, I try to do this systematic and as unbiased as possible and try to, you know, account for my own bias because as an individual, you have to do that. But then when it came to the, you know, just laying out the pattern of events, um, I was able to demonstrate the same pattern of events with Lauren. And so when she presented that evidence to the law enforcement that ties to other people in other areas, both in Canada and the United States that are having a similar set of circumstances, it was just vicious attacks. And, uh, you know, this is, it has nothing to do with immigration status, race, or anything like that. There's a lot of more so ideology and things like that that is tied to, but it's covering this criminal activity. And the judges need to be held to task. And people um, who are not, enforcing the laws need to be held to task and the legal mechanisms with people are being present prevented and it makes someone who's trying to protect their children get ambushed and isolated and and like preyed upon in a very disgusting manner by the people that's supposed to be protecting them and the problem worst part about it is everybody's standing there watching it happen and like well a judge did it and they don't look at the evidence and just look at what the judge says. But even what the judge was saying didn't make any sense. And 
people have to start questioning these things. And like you were saying, they charge you on pacer up the yin yang for all the documents so you don't look at it. But if you look at it, nobody was submitting anything to, to the contrary of what she said, but then they're throwing out her motions. And that's another pattern that we're seeing. And people put up a defense and they have the their evidence and they throw out the evidence and they rule in favor of people who don't show up, who aren't there, who have no evidence. And that's not the way things run. And judges don't have the right to commit crime. They don't have a right to traffic your children or to overthrow your country. Well, and exactly. in closing, they'll also give you a public defender that'll offer you a plea deal. And then if you take that plea deal, all the evidence will. goes away. All the evidence goes away. Nobody ever gets the whole trial. Nobody ever gets to present their side of the argument, even to, to a judge or jury. And then it all just goes away. So, but uh, Dale, I'm, I'm going to have to run, my friend. Um, do you mind if uh, I tell people where to find me? Go ahead, man. That's, that's... Yeah, please tell the audience how everyone can help it support you even. Okay, so uh, I have a Liberty Link, as it's called, and that is in the description of this video and also in the description of the video over at TNP, The New Prisoners, uh, on Rumble. Uh, that is our main streaming channel now. Now, with uh, TNP, uh, we've become a network as of late, so it's not just my show or the interviews that I do. Um, we also have conspiring with Mr. Cooper, with uh, Tom Cooper and Chris Graves. Uh, we also have uh, the Tiger's Den, uh, which is going to be on this evening at 8 p.m. That's going to be guest hosted, actually, instead of by our usual friend, Angry Tiger. Uh, we're going to have Guard Goldsmith, uh, who I really think you guys should look into. Uh, he's really awesome in the Liberty Movement and great energy with this guy. Uh, but then also uh, Occult Priestess, who gets into... Uh, the esoteric stuff. So it's it's going to be an interesting uh, evening there. So 8 p.m. Eastern time. Got to bring that up nowadays. Um, but yeah, 8 p.m. Eastern time on TMP, we're going to be live streaming the Tiger's Den. So, um, and then we also have the Tiger and the Snake Financial Report every Friday too at 4 p.m. So we broadcast those. And then uh, my friend Chris Graves, he does a, a show called Digging Chris Graves where he'll interview people not only just from the research and sort of conspiracy community, but then he'll also interview people from comedy and horror movies um, and even do music-based uh, things. So, yeah, we're getting branching out a little bit in the entertainment. We recently did a heavy metal conspiracy party. Uh, we also have done a rock and roll conspiracy party where we go through different rock and roll conspiracies and talk about those things. Really interesting. Uh, I definitely want to do a follow-up to that with uh, a bunch of different people, but uh, we'll probably be doing another heavy metal conspiracy party coming up here soon. And then a punk rock one too, because yeah, we have lots of punk rock friends as well. But uh, yeah, we're, we're just trying to uh, help the DIY media community, the people that want to be the media these days, the people that have something to say. And if you are like me and you watch a lot of this stuff, engage in a lot of these things, and you're on Twitter and you're asking yourself, like, do I want to do a podcast? I think I, I, I would like people to hear what I have to say about these things. Folks, it doesn't take much and I can help you. Um, reach out to Dale and Keisha even. And, and if they need my help or anything like that, we can help each other. Like the fun thing about the music community that I grew up as a part of 
was that in the DIY community, when somebody falls down in the mosh pit, you pick them up. Like we do things to help one another. We look out for one another. And then also that's how you develop volunteerism. Like we can, we can build up something that's not beholden to a, a pharmaceutical company for advertising. We can get out of the media cycle that practically brainwashes people every day of our lives and it even affects us and we have to realize that too like there's a lot of change uh that's happened to me since i started doing this and i'm better for it in many ways so i encourage people to take that leap too if you want to be creative if you create music if you want to make comics if you want to do movies uh i'll be starting a production company soon and that production company's focus is going to be on producing alternative media, all different forms, because we take back this thing through culture and through generations, not just us. Immediate solutions often have really bad consequences, but long-term solutions through our children and grandchildren and the purpose of this show, right, is to create a lasting change not just a change in our lifetime. So thank you for having me, folks. Check out my Liberty Links. Thank you so much. It was very nice to meet you. Awesome to meet you, Lauren. Yes, we should we should chat soon. Absolutely. Yes. Thank, uh, Dad, your mic's off. Would you like to say something before? Yes, thanks. Thanks for coming, and, and it's always great to have you on. I mean... Uh, you're the first ones in the States to bring Keisha and I on. To get well, it was talk her, her story. And, um, you know, I always enjoy doing work with you guys. So we'll look forward to doing that again in the future. I know you got to run here quickly. And uh, before you go, I'd like to just uh, say a quick prayer because we're going to need some of that coming forward here, um, especially for us to get our get. Uh, win this war that we're in even though it's not a it's a war of information but we still need some help so i'll say that and i'll let keisha do her thing because um, she sounds much better than i do when she closes so uh i'll quickly okay. say something here Heavenly father we thank you for this day we thank you for your love grace and mercy and lord we ask for your help that uh as we go to fight this war of ideas that you would be with the people to get the information out for people to choose for themselves and to do what is right, build their communities and their families and to strengthen all of these things. And watch over the work that Six is doing and all the people that you're working with to um, shed light on this wickedness and the evil that is happening and watch over Keisha and Lauren and uh, the work that they're doing and watch over my little one and all the children that are suffering. Help them to get freedom from the the yoke of bondage that's being placed upon them and free the people and free their minds so that they can learn uh, to do things for themselves and to rebuild the communities that we so desperately need. Thank you and praise you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Dad, for the prayers, always, and thank you, Six, for joining us. I don't want to hold you, my friend, but everybody... Uh, Please go out and check his page. Like I said, Israel page and all the links will have them in the description. Um, like I said, he has a great show and talks about some pretty cool stuff. And I look forward to seeing your 
uh, production uh, come about. I actually was telling my dad um, a while ago that I think people who even are in the media should be required to report crimes legally um, when they see them and not just use make profit off of someone else's tragedy. Um, they should be accountable to, you know, to help in some way. Um, although, you know, I don't know how those things work anyways. But anyways, thanks for joining us, Six. Um, hopefully we'll have you again in the future for some updates, yeah? Absolutely. This was awesome. And uh, yeah, sorry I got to run, but uh, it was a great conversation. And um, yeah, any uh, also, ooh, wanted to throw out real quick. When it comes to um, presenting, Dale, what you've offered there as, as far as like how to apply and use these certain techniques with uh, making your documentation available to people in the courts. Um, if you yes. ever needed uh, someone to do a voiceover for you and maybe some simple instructions or something, maybe like a little promo video for it, hit me up. Yes, actually, we, we will talk very soon. Um, there's actually a couple of things that I'd like to talk to you on the back end, so we should set up a time um, to have a meeting. So, yes, for sure. All right, my friend. Take care, Elle. Thank you so right, much, Take care. Bye-bye. Right, Bye. All right, everybody. That has been six. Um, thank you for your time and considerations, everyone who's listened. Um, and I guess uh, I'll catch you in the next video. And uh, to my dearest Karis, until we meet again, my friend, and we most definitely will.